I'm Matt Cerrone, and in this episode I answer questions about the need for an editor, the 1,000 true fans theory, and whether quality of content is better than quantity. News Channel is here to tell us the story of success. Matt Cerrone is a passionate baseball fan, and while, yes, he did quit his 9-to-5 job a few years ago, today he's working harder than ever. It isn't just stay in your pajamas all day. It's a job. It's hard work. There's a lot going on. I came across Matthew because he was actually featured in a story on Mashable. My focus really every day has always been just turn out good content. He says to stand out, you've got to do it well. His advice, write what you believe right often, work hard, and stay focused. What's up, sports writers, podcasters, bloggers, and fans? I'm Matt Cerrone, and this is the podcast where I answer questions about sports media, from producing and marketing content, to building audience, to digital strategy, and finding work, all based on my 11 years' experience in New York sports, hiring and working with writers, building relationships and sources, and generating 300 million page views and turning a hobby into a successful career in sports content. All right, let's get to our first question, but actually before I do that, uh, if you're a sponsor or an advertiser, this is where your ad would go. So if you're interested, let me know. Okay, first question. Leah in Ohio asks, does every blogger need an editor? Or is there something to be said about writing casual and having the occasional mistake? Yes, Leah, everyone needs an editor, and my readers on Mets blog are saying, yeah, everyone needs an editor, and they're looking right at me. As writers, our brains are mostly focused on the message, and no matter how many times we reread what we wrote, we tend to gloss over grammar and phrasing and wordiness. It just happens. I don't know why it does. So it helps have a a different set of eyes to edit you. I used to believe this wasn't necessary, and again, my readers on Metzbog will attest to that, because I feel at the end of the day, a site will live and die on the substance of the content, not how grammatically correct it is. And I still kind of believe this, but... To a lesser extent, mostly because of the times, which is, you know, these days there's so much great content that's being produced by large professional outlets, uh, professional writers, that your errors will stand out more than maybe they would have five years ago or ten years ago when I started. Um, You know, the hobby blogger, so to speak, is is less prominent. You know, those amateurs are now on Twitter. Um, They don't, you know, do that kind of stuff on their own anymore. The, The content... Most of the online content we read is coming from some kind of a professional outlet. Have someone read your work before you publish it, if you can. And if you can't, and you don't know somebody, give it some space. Wait an hour. Wait overnight. Come back to it. Read it out loud. Read it in the mirror out loud. You know, just challenge yourself to cut third of the wording out. Install a mechanism or a way to highlight the work to get you thinking about it in a different way. I mean, really, that's what you want to do. Sort of trick your brain into uh, not reading it the way you wrote it, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, that'll help you at least hear things that can be cut or corrected. Pat asks, does Kevin Kelly's 1,000 True Fans post apply to sports blogging? Yeah, Pat, it does, uh, 100%. For those who don't know, Kevin's theory is basically that 1,000 loyal, passionate fans of your product, if you produce enough material, you can earn a living doing really only that one thing. Uh, I think it's mostly true, and it pertains to content as well, especially sports. Um, You know, take what I do with the Mets. So in the 11 years I've been blogging about the Mets, 
lots of other Mets content has come online from mainstream media outlets to radio to other fans, reporters on Twitter, Facebook. I mean, there's so much content and information about the Mets now compared to, say, a decade ago that, you know, supply is way up. But demand is mostly the same. So I've built a loyal audience, you know, well over a thousand fans by providing what's really a simple service. I create time for you. Um, I save time. I save my readers time by scraping all of that available info. I contextualize it, add some opinion, uh, and put it into a nice little easily digestible box with a bow on it so they can tuck their kids in at night or go to a happy hour or watch TV or whatever. And now that if something, you know, they know if something happens, uh, you know, they get a sense of something on Twitter, it's all random information and nothing but bits of stuff and they can't tell what's going on, they can come to me and I'll get them everything they need in one quick hit. Done. That's my service. It's customer service. And that's the problem in some ways with the thousand true fans theory as it pertains to content. But it's the same with product development as well. It's that it's difficult to scale. You know, to satisfy a thousand fans, to keep them loyal and spending, you need to churn out more and more content. And if, like in my case, the brand is bundling all that info and every story being reported and talked about, that's a lot of chasing. That's a lot of running around and listening and trying to be in a million places at once. And it's difficult to sustain. If the business is right and you're generating that income, you can hire help. You can hire designers and editors, which we've done at SNY and with Metzblog. But it's tricky for someone just starting out. Uh, But that's the point of the theory. If every loyal fan is spending $100 or generating $100 in advertising, you can make $100,000 with 1,000 fans. So the trick is creating a product that can generate you $100 per fan, be it through ads or podcasts, donations, t-shirts, events, whatever. It can be done. It's not easy, but it's possible. Vinny Borriello asks, Do you believe there is any validity to the theory that quantity and frequency of content is more important than quality? Sort of, Vinny. I think it depends on your goal. I mean, if you want, you know, a huge audience because that's your end game and you want to monetize it and control it and that's your thing, yeah, volume will matter. It'll help that because it will help with more listens and more page views or whatever metrics you need. And to get value out of what they're paying, the advertiser is going to want a lot of audience and a lot of results. However, if you're selling a product direct to market, say it's a t-shirt or an ebook or a subscription service like Fangraphs or Baseball Prospectus, then it's less about volume and more about loyalty, which I touched on in the first answer about the thousand true fans. And in this case, it's more about quality. Quantity is nice. I mean, a lot of quality is awesome. But at the end of the day, quality is key because just like with the advertiser in the other example, You want your customers, your audience, your subscribers to get max value for what they're paying for. So they keep coming back. That said, if you want to work in a front office or a professional sports team, or you want a job writing for, you know, SI.com or something, and that's your end game, it's also about quality and not quantity necessarily. Because in this situation, it's less about how many people are reading as it's about are the right people reading. Thanks to Pat, Vinny, and Leah for the questions. And if you want to send one in for the next show, use hashtag AskMattC. That's A-S-K-M-A-T-T-C on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can shoot me a message on Snapchat uh, or send it to me in the form at MatthewSarone.com slash AskMattC. Also, if you want to subscribe to the show, 
go to matthewstrone.com slash iTunes and you can get a link or RSS feed to use. And if you want an email letting you know when the show's been updated, go to matthewstrone.com slash newsletter to sign up.